views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to Radically Distinct Radio with Jen Morgan. Radically Distinct Radio bridges the worlds of brand marketing and professional development to help you take control of your future and build your brand to accomplish your goals. Whether you're an individual trying to reinvent yourself to launch a new venture, or you're an executive trying to reposition your company to modernize your sales and marketing programs, Radically Distinct Radio provides insights for how to show up in the world as your most powerful brand. As a brand strategist, advertising producer, and business coach, Jen Morgan has 15 years experience helping individuals, teams, and companies create stories that inspire action. Her RAD method empowers people to be radically distinct by giving them a framework for perceiving their brand and expressing their value that sets them in a class of their own. Now, she brings the RAD method to the airwaves to help you maximize your brand power to produce results. Here's your host, Jen Morgan. Hey, everybody. Yeah, Jen's here. I'm here, too. I'm Dr. Pat, and I'm joined by the, the Je- fabulous, fabulous Jen Morgan. Jen oh, Morgan in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to have such a great time because what we're talking about here today is radically distinct leadership. Um, and for those of you that are familiar with uh, Jen and her work, you're going to know that this is an evolution to be talking about something that's so prominent in the world that we live in now. Uh, Jen is the host of Radically Distinct Radio, which you're listening to now. And, you know, her vision and mission is to help all of you be your most powerful brand. Today, she's taking on the topic of radically distinct leadership. And you're going to hear why. You're going to hear why as her background as a business coach, founder and CEO of Radically Distinct, you know, spending 15 years helping businesses promote their their brands. And to what degree? Well, to success you know, to the degree where revenues grow, you know, as a brand strategist and business coach, this is what she's passionate and purposeful about. And today, more than ever, you know, having a radically distinct brand is so important in the world we live in that we now start to see mega companies changing shifting, you know, creating things that are different so that they will be memorable and will reach the people that they need to reach. Today, Radically Distinct Leadership touches upon what the characteristics are, how do we prepare for success, and what is it that leaders go from and to to become radically distinct. Jen, it's great to have you. This is this is a really important topic for today. Thank you, Dr. Pat, for the great intro. Yeah, leadership is um leadership is something that I, I like to talk about, but I for a long time haven't really wanted to, to talk about because, you know, coming into being where I am in my career, I'm stepping into a place where I feel that I'm a leader in my industry. And who gets to say that? <laughs> who tells you that? You know what I mean? So I think that when you decide that you want to talk about leadership, um, 
what you're starting to look at is what is a person who achieves great things in the world? Like, who is that person? Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, what sets a great leader apart from the status quo? What do you think that is? I'll tell you what it is. Um, you know, <clears throat> for me, many, many studies have been done. But the one thing that I will tell you without a doubt across the board, my own research as well, um, which has been cited close to 30,000 times, you know, just this little bit of research is this, respect. If people don't, and, and that go, that is such a subjective term, Jim, but, but the deal with that is if you are not respected as a leader, everything comes apart. You know, in the study that I did was 98% uh, uh, clearly picked respect as an obligation from the leader. So there you go with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Like we respect our leaders. And I, I think that the what's interesting for me about that is, well, what gets what what makes us respect them? Right. Um, and so I think what really sets them apart from the status quo, because there's we have everybody's a leader in their own right. But what are the ones that rise to the top are the lifetime of committed actions that they take. Um Two of my favorite leaders are Charles and Ray Eames. They're great 20th century leaders in the field of design. And they achieved major innovations in furniture, architecture, manufacturing, photography, videography. They're all over the place. Um, but I watched a documentary on them, and uh, Charles says something. Someone is asking him a question after they won an award from I- IBM, and something like, you know, what do you think about your overnight success? And he says, well, it's been 40 years to an overnight success, you know, and the idea being that this isn't just about um, something that happened overnight. It's really been a lifetime of not just talking about a dream, but making moves toward a vision for decades. And they got knocked down and then they got back up again. You know, yeah. that's all. <laughs> yeah. Know? So to me, I think that that's what makes um, that, you know, gets you that respect is that you keep at it. And when other people maybe would have quit. And I think that when a person actually achieves these things that look so grandiose, you know, they look so giant, is because they have clarity of the dream they're going towards. They make strong quality decisions and they prepare for success. It's like their default attitude is to proactively proactively define where they're going, plan, strategize. It's not just an accident. You know, it's not something you happen into. Yeah, I mean, you hear this time and time again, is uh, how many people fall down and have to dust themselves off and pick themselves up. I, I think the question really becomes, you know, when you fall down as a leader, you know, is there a place that you can fall down to that's going to be hard to really dust yourself off and, and pick yourself up? You know, what I, we have someone that hosts a show with us, and the show that he does, he's very clear with people that, you know, he, he went to jail for insider trading, but he turned his life around and now has a fabulous, fabulous job of a company, understands what integrity means. So you can, you know, you can do what he did. But the question is, how do we do it? 
how can we prevent ourselves from stepping in that hole to begin with? I don't know how to do that part. (laughs) I don't know how to tell you that part, but I do think, you know, having a good team around you and having really thought through some of the challenges can prevent a lot of that. I, I mean, planning Planning is typically, and we'll talk about this later on, planning is a very female quality. It has to do with nesting. And um, I think that we tend to, in our culture, maybe not plan as much as we really should. There can be over-planning, definitely. But if you take a look at um, just spending time thinking about the bigger picture, there's a lot of those holes that you could step into that could be not... Uh, that could you could avoid altogether and make a part of your sales strategy, really, quite honestly. So I think that that, that not falling into the hole, the, your best chance of that is to really plan and have a good strategist on your yeah. team. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've worked as a business consultant as well as, you know, helping people take their brands out into the world. And, you know, you've been in positions where, you know, you've literally seen what goes on in an organization. And so, you know, the question that I would ask you is, what have you seen to help uh, delineate between a leader that is set apart in a good way, let's say, mm-hmm. from one that's pretty much skating, that's just kind of floating by somehow. What what have you seen? Well, so I what I've seen is so I, had, I there are three evolutions of a leader mm-hmm. that I've recognized as patterns because people come to me all different levels of having achieved some goal in their life and we have in my opinion we can be leaders in one area and not that strong of a leader of another area and that doesn't that doesn't you know we can be very strong leaders in the workplace and then at home be a complete mess mm-hmm, <laughs> or yeah. be a really strong leader at home and be not so strong at work and it's it's that desire to grow and develop yourself those people who just start to get help to you know those are the ones where you can start to see these patterns um and so the there's three evolutions of a leader that we're going to talk about today and the first evolution of a leader is really having an an understand of, of your independence, understanding yourself as the number one, that you have 100% energy and you're personally responsible for what you create. And I see this a lot. There's women who've come to talk to me and they're on that. They really do want to work with me, but they get scared when it comes to investing in themselves, asking their bosses for the money that they need. Whereas in many cases, there are men that are much more likely to go up and ask for for the money from their boss or to invest in themselves. So there's that understanding of yourself as the number one that you need to invest in yourself that is required to live your vision of success, to create that, to know the difference between keeping up with the Kardashians and living according to your own compass. You have to be able to take actions according to the direction you want to go and not the direction that everybody else wants you to go. And that's an understanding of yourself as the number one. And that's really challenging for people to get in our culture when there's so, you know, especially if you're in a corporate environment. And in a corporate environment, everything is about the big company and everything is about everybody who moves a big company. So who are you to have some agenda, right? So that's a challenge for us as a leader, but a person who, who says, you know what, I want to work my personal brand. I want to raise my profile. They're starting to understand that they're in control of their destiny and that if they don't make an investment in themselves, then who's going to. So that's the first one. Go ahead. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, let's talk about what that means. I mean, you know, investment in oneself means that I'm going to take the time, I'm going to have the energy, I'm going to make sure that I am creating something that's going to help the world know about me, know who I am, uh, and know what I bring to the table. And often, I think you said it before, uh, people in leadership positions don't even bother with that. They just expect everybody to know them and love them. Mm-hmm. It's true. And here's the thing. So when I was in college, I went to art school. I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in two-dimensional design. And I was studying photography. My goal was to be an advertising photographer. That's where I was, um, you know, in 2001 or two when I graduated, 2002. And um, I had a, had been asked really quickly to do a bunch of work for the university for digital photography, they were trying to figure out how to, they had a science department who had this really neat new camera that they could hook up to a mic- microscope. And they knew of me because of these gr- uh, grants that I would write. So there was people in the science department that knew about me because I wrote grants from the art department, right? So I was already putting myself out there in a strange <laughs> way for, my, for, for being a creative person. Um, and then I ended up getting this job make, doing that. Actually, they would did all the technology for me because they were great at the technology, but they couldn't make it look good. So I came in and made it look good. And then we together created this um, body of work that was the sexual parts of flowers and and macroinvertebrate insects that you can't see in the water. Mm -hmm. It was a really cool study. Okay. And then meanwhile, I have my other art project that I'm doing, which is a bunch of collages that all this work has to be represented digitally. And it's in a time period where, you know, you people still as photographers show these really big black portfolio books. And there's a pretty much a standard for how you show your books. So I get out of school, I graduate, I have all this work, I don't know how to show it. And so I think, okay, I'm going to have to get this on a CD. And then I yeah. start I start feeling like, I don't know how to get this on a CD. So I start talking to these tech guys that I had met in the science department. <laughs> and they help make a CD that played a slideshow on a PC or a Mac. So I was like, oh, awesome, right? Like, I had no idea how to do it. But at the time, I didn't know if the creative people would be on a PC or a Mac. And I was right, because then when I showed up, I got this interview. I'm I'm fast forwarding. Now I'm graduated. Now I'm looking for work. And I'm a freelancer. And I'm at this photography studio. And I have a CD that plays a slideshow on a PC or a Mac. And everybody, there was 15 men in the room. And I was only female. And they all had these big black books. Then they went to RISD. They went to Brooks. These are the biggest art schools, you know, $100,000 yeah. a year art schools. And I'm just, I just went to this little school in Michigan. <laughs> I'm a nobody, right? I'm a total <laughs> nobody. And um, I walk into the room for my interview and they say, with no one puts their head up and someone says, let's see your portfolio. And I give them, I'm like, well, I have a CD. Plays a slideshow on a PC or a Mac. Can I use someone's computer? And everybody's head, like, comes up and I'm in a room with producers and photographers. There was probably eight of them. And they're like, how did you come up with that? Who, what, how did you do that? Like, and so what I did, but I didn't know this. Okay. But what I did by having to put, figure out a way to present myself that was accurate to who I was, I ended up positioning myself as a leader amongst anybody in the photography industry who was trying to go from film to digital because at that time, (laughs) So the advertising projects that I was getting scouted or recruit they were recruiting for were hundred thousand dollars a day, 
you know, to get the projects done. So we might be on a 60-day shoot, which would be like almost half a million dollars worth of assets that we would be created. And they're trying to go from a film, which they've been doing for 60, 80 years, to digital, which they've not done ever. Wow, <laughs> and yeah. So I, I end up getting these this contract because I show up in a way that was so different from everybody else, but was so on point. And the only reason why I was able to do that is because I took it to be my personal responsibility to be able to best represent myself and the work that I had done up until that point. I didn't say, oh, you know, I didn't get it because I didn't go to the right school or I didn't do it because I didn't get the right portfolio. I just took responsibility from where I'm at and where I wanted to go and I, you know, that was like my first realization of what, the, you know, how do you stand out? How do you position yourself as a leader by accidentally kind of doing it? But it wasn't an accident. I really did think through all of the steps to prepare myself. So that's the first evolution of a leader. And it's a really important part for people to get. And you can lose that part of yourself that understands that in the 10, 15 years where you've been in a corporate environment, you used to be like I just described myself. And now all of a sudden you've been so beaten down. Right. right. Remember who that person is. Yeah. But that person exists within yourself if you allow it to shine. Yeah. And what I love about this, and let's skip the break so we can, you know, continue to talk about this. You know, what I love about this is that you and I can look back and have a conversation about this because we've experienced what it's like to not see the evolution of a leader. And maybe sometimes that was us. I know I could speak for myself. And, you know, sometimes in my career, and I've had multiple careers, I mean, the, you know, this, this person you're talking to here is not the person that existed in corporate America, you know, years ago. I mean, this is like, this is like the new and improved version of me, Jen. That's <laughs> who we're talking to here. But everything I ever learned at every job I've ever had, including pushing a mail cart. For $61. And even before that, like when I was homeless, selling, every, listen, here's the, here it is. Everything I've learned about how to be successful, I learned selling hot dogs from a hot dog cart when I was 17. Mm -hmm. I learned everything. And he, here's why. I had lines. Now, can you imagine me? Does this a funny picture of me like at a hot dog cart doing a hot dog thing? That's got to be a funny, <laughs> that's got to be like hilarious, right? Um, the lines would be like backed up, like all, all like a, a New York City block. Why? Why would people wait for these hot dogs? Well, that's going to be in the book that I someday write that I've never written. <laughs> but the point is... I knew everybody's name. Mm -hmm. I knew their children. I knew exactly what they wanted on their hot dog, right? Mm -hmm. I pretty much knew when they would show up. And if they didn't show up on time, I'd ask if they were okay. But, you know, I don't know that that's a quality of a leader. But I'll tell you, the world we're living in now, how can we evolve as leaders if the way we're communicating it is only by texting. What have we lost here? And 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 let's talk about the differences between men and women. Women text too, mm -hmm. but maybe their text is then maybe their well, text messages are different. Well, we see pictures. 
Yeah, I, I think that, well, so the text messaging thing with communication, I, I think that we're op- we're in a new world. We are a new world with technology. Yeah. And so we're going to we're gonna eventually create some new sort of, um, what's the word, I guess, what's, what's, what's appropriate rules, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that we're still trying to figure those out, but we have a lot of other problems that are a little bit ahead of those, in my opinion. And, and you know, first of all, where are we going with our careers and what's happening to all of our jobs? <laughs> you know, I think that unless you're in technology, you're like, ah, what the heck's happening here? Like the, cause, because technology is getting rid of a lot of the frontline jobs. So, uh, you know, I think that the, um, the, Direct, what's going on with technology and how we communicate with each other is all going to stem back to what do we think about ourselves and the future that we have. And if we don't think that we have a future, if we don't know what that future is, it's going to be really hard to take action. And if you're not taking action, you're not really leading your life. So, you know, yeah. because you're kind of default taking action when you're not. Yeah. Um, I wanted to I wanted to real quick just talk about my background about this three evolutions of a leadership really quick so that it has yeah, at least something. That's for- what I meant when I said you've you and you've seen you've seen it. You yeah, know, that's why you're here talking about it. You didn't like open up some textbook and say, wait a minute, let me regurgitate this. You're actually living and breathing this. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did an independent study with a woman who has a PhD in international business and quantum mechanics. I did that with her for two years. And my focus in under her direction was the the metaphysics of entrepreneurship, which the whole point of me trying to figure that out was I, I, I was coaching people at this time and I kept finding this this block. I, I couldn't figure out how to get them around it or whatever. I, I don't even, now I know what, what it was, was the understanding of themselves. But um, the my study was what kind of person do you have to become in order to bring an idea in your head into reality? You know, that was something that I naturally came kind of came to do but I didn't know how to teach or recognize it I just knew it was this thing so I read a bunch of research papers about what makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur which are basically inconclusive (laughs) but they have a similar uh, they have a similar uh, statement in almost every research paper that I re- that I read, which was, you have to have a certain expertise or understanding to perceive an opportunity for change or for financial benefit or anything like that. Which basically means that um, an entrepreneur brings an experience, the experience of their life, whatever that is, and the ability to imagine an alternate possibility that already exists. And that's what they're, you know, the best description that we have of an entrepreneur. And what I know through my experience is that being able to perceive something and being able to create it are two totally different things. And I think it's our individual resistance to become the person that we need to be that holds us back from achieving our vision. Because, you know, the greater the vision, the longer it takes to make it become real. And in the meantime, you are either fighting the changes you have to make or you're going to, you know, go on the ride. And it's a hard path when you want to control it. I know I want to control the way that my vision Mm -hmm. comes into being and I don't want to do any of the things that I have to do right now. (laughs) There's a lot (laughs) of things on my list of I really don't like this and I wake up and I'm not happy about them and I have to get myself right in order to do them. And I'm sure many people listening to this show, maybe you're pursuing a business venture that you're going after and you have to, you know, get a job that you don't want to do. Or maybe you're in a relationship that's really not working out and it's causing some issues and you don't want to deal with it for whatever reason. Reasons, right? So there's all these things that happen in our life while we're creating this vision that 
have to change or have to be co- get right in order for this vision to have the back the backing from you and from other people that it needs. So I just this pattern that I've noticed it came from first my studies with this woman in um and in looking at metaphysics and and that I aligned the three evolutions of a leader to um sacred geometry which sacred geometry mm-hmm. is the philosophy of the number so how can we start to look at ourselves objectively and our growth objectively? So the first evolution of the leader is the understanding yourself as the number one, looking out for your own dreams and ambitions. And I think that men have been much easier, have an advantage here from mm-hmm. both a nature and a nurture standpoint. Um, why, I, should I go into this or do we need to? Well, I think so. I mean, I think that what we're talking about here is that, and, you know, let's just take a pause and, and come back from break and talk about it. You know, what we're talking about is what are the, what are the foundations? You know, what, what are the, what's the bedrock look like that we're building leadership, you know, on, you know, are we building it on sand? Are we building it on silt? Are we building it on strong, concrete, uh, you know, bits of, of establishment? Or are we getting some skills? Are we helping learn how to become radically distinct and then carry that forward into our leadership? What is it that you're doing? And here's what I'd like to say about this for those of you listening. You know, if you're thinking, well, wait a minute, I'm not really a leader. I'm not in a leadership role. Those days are gone. You know, leaders are showing up all over the planet. You know, we get to show up in our businesses. We get to show up in our families. We get to show up in our communities. And we get to show up in our activism. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about this and how it touches upon you. Even if you think you're not a leader, Don't you want to be able to assess who your leader is, what they're doing, and how do you can be radically distinct given who they are? Jen, before we jump to break, how can people find out more about you? Uh, We've got so much to talk about today. You can head on over to my website, jenmorgan.com. That's Jen with two N's, morgan.com. Awesome. When we come back, stay tuned. Are you ready to are you ready to activate that radically distinct leader in you? Are you already doing it? Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit spiritfireretreatcenter.com. Thrive is what we experience when our mind, body, and soul operate as one. When we thrive, we excel on all levels. Thrive is the mindset that matters. It is essential to our being. 
Have you ever found yourself looking for the instruction manual on how to thrive? You'll find everything you need to help you feel strong, powerful, and peaceful in your own body. So don't waste any more time. Visit thrivebygen.com today. Tune in to Dynamics of Diversity Radio, scripting the new narrative for immigration with leading experts, Kripa Upadhyay and Steve Tanijo on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will remove the noise that often accompanies discussions on this topic and share a new perspective on the dynamics of immigration and diversity, ever reminding us that together we are all at the core of innovation, excellence, and positive change. Visit OrbitLawPLLC.com for upcoming topics. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. When your body is awakened, your spirit comes alive. Dana Canetto is a transformational guide, embodiment coach, and spiritual mentor assisting women in realigning with their truth and embodying who they are by connecting to the wisdom of their body. Tune in every month on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network for Body Divinity Radio with Dana Canetto. For more information on Dana and her services, visit danacanetto.com. That's D-A-N-A-C-A-N-N-E-T-O.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. You know, um, today, Jen Morgan and I are really taking on a topic that many people do not want to take. They don't want to. You know, here's the deal. When you talk about leadership in the world today, those of you that are out there that are consultants, you might be listening to this, you know that one of the hardest conversations to have in the workplace is to talk about leadership. You know, sometimes you'll be hired to come in and, you know, do some strange, what I call marginal work to help people gain some leadership skills. That's not what Jen does. She talks about radically distinct leadership. You know why? Because most companies want radically distinct revenue. That's why. (laughs) Um, You know, you can't, you don't say, wait a minute, I would like to have marginally distinct revenue. No, you don't. That's not what you say, whether you're a little small business or you're a big company, you want to have radically distinct revenue. So why is it that we're not willing to be radically distinct leaders? Um, Big topic, but you know, that's true, Jen. I don't know. How many business owners do you think that say, oh, wait, I just want marginal revenue? 
Nobody says that. Right. And that, I mean, that's the thing, you know, who do you have to be to achieve the goals that you have in mind? And that's hard for people to make because it requires them to put their money where their mouth is and to invest in people and invest in themselves. And I think that that's challenging because we want to play like you and I have said many times, we want to not lose more than we want to win in our culture. And it's scary to be radically distinct. I know because I have to talk about it all the time. <laughs> it's scary because it's not our it's not what we see happening in our training in schools. You know, we all talk about it, but we don't show people the steps to do it. And my goal here in talking about leadership is to give you a framework for being able to look at yourself and other people around you in their leadership. Like what where are they in their ability to understand who they are and the role that they play in the world? So that's my goal of being able to, to uh, of today's topic. And also, you know, I just wanted to recap so far what we've spoke about is that this three evolutions of a leader comes from my studies into the metaphysics of entrepreneurship and who do you have to become in order to make an idea real and it can be a small idea about what do I want with my life what do I want with my career or it can be a giant idea about this global brand that you have in mind but no matter which idea that is you have to change in order to bring that idea into fruition and there are three evolutions that you're going to go through in order to bring that about the first evolution is understanding yourself as the number one looking out for yourself your own dreams, your own ambitions, standing up for what matters to you, walking away from things that don't work. And I think that men have an, an advantage here. The reason why I think they have an advantage, uh, the best description of this comes from John Gray and Barbara Annis's book. It's called Work With Me. And they, they talk about the difference between men and women's relationships in the work in the workforce. And mm -hmm. the, the, the biggest takeaway that I had was when we make decisions we exert testosterone into our bloodstream and testosterone makes men feel good and it makes women stressed out. I can relate to that. I think that um, the more you get used to making decisions, the less stress it, um, it, it gets you. But I think that as a woman, making decisions is not traditionally okay. So therefore, as a woman, you now have to second guess every decision that you make. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, you always have to second guess yourself. That is stressful. So I yeah. I can get behind that completely. Yeah. And then for a woman, women, when we plan, and it's women and men, when we plan, oxytocin is exerted into our bloodstream, which is traditionally a female nurturing, nesting feeling. Now, if you're somebody who identifies as being very masculine, that's going to annoy you. You're not going to like that <laughs> feeling, okay? So that's what they talk about in that book, and I really get and it, I really understand that. And if you think and then try to apply that to the first evolution of a leader, we basically have nature and nurture working against a woman to be able to see herself as the number one. You know, we don't, it, the expectation on men to be self-sufficient, that's, it's more acceptable for a man to look out for himself and what he wants because we have centuries of entire families rallying around a man's dreams. And for women, it's a complete double standard. We want women to be self-sufficient, but not so much so that she no longer takes care of her responsibilities in the home, right? And even though we have a lot of change there, we still have a lot of 
challenges, I think, when women want to pursue a career instead of a family, we still have the expectation that she will, you know, get married. And if she's not married, then there must be something wrong with her. And if she doesn't have kids, well, she better hurry up and have them. But that sort of is not really happening for for men. Um, So I think that the expectations we put on women make us second guess ourselves all day long when we look out for ourselves in our dreams. So I think that's what makes it be really hard to understand yourself as the number one. That's why I think we take care of everybody else. And men have an advantage both biologically and culturally. So yeah. I, go ahead. Yeah. And don't you also think that with that, let's talk about culture first for a minute. Um, it, it's not only now in the day and age we live in, it's not only cultural and let's go back decades and decades. I mean, the most recent um, Supreme Court decision to not pay women equally because they're going to look at the history of what a woman and a man gets paid and decide whether they have to pay them equally is like a catch-22. It's like you're not going to get paid as much as a, you know your counterpart doing the same work because your history doesn't show it. And that was just the Supreme Court. So the messaging coming out um, about this, you know, implies something is missing from who you are as a woman. So how could you possibly, possibly have good decision making skills? Well, let's talk to who let's talk about who women are. And what women learn, because don't you agree that women have a keen sense of intuition that literally can drive success home? Absolutely. And I and when I get to the second, I think the second evolution of a leader is way easier for a woman. And I think that's where that intuition really works well. Um, And I think that one of the challenges is that women often have to go back to taking care of themselves after they've achieved the second like it's really easy let's just move on to the second evolution yeah let's do it it's the realization of our interdependence um and i think a woman have an advantage here because for many 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 years we've had to have we had to have the community come in to support us when we're pregnant when we're going to have children right i think it's just more part of the way in which we're physically looking at the world like we're in we, we're we have we're pregnant with child we're sitting there and we sense danger <laughs> you know <laughs> or i think that that's a big part of who we are and we can also sense other people's not talking to for some reason that person's not talking so how can i get that person to engage more and then create a better team so i think that the second evolution of of a leader is really looking at okay you're good at this i'm good at this let's see how what we can do together that we couldn't do um, independently. And I think that that's definitely where we start to get more creative, for example. So music, there's a, a Ja Rule song with Ashante. Ashante, uh-huh. I think that's how you say your name. It is called uh-huh. Mesmerize. And he's got this kind of gruff, you know, rapper sounding voice, which I wouldn't like at all if it wasn't matched with her really pretty sounding <laughs> sensual voice and like the hook. And when you bring, when you think about that from a marketing standpoint, it's brilliant because you're bringing two different audience bases together under one song. You're introducing them to each other. That's just a very, but it's also a much more creative sound. It's, it sounds very, and that is, I think, much more natural to women's um, innate biology, if to say it that way. But I think that the one of the challenges is 
when you get to that point and you're not and you haven't learned the first evolution of a leader, which is to understand yourself as number one, you start doing for everybody else and making sure everybody else is really great, but you forget about yourself. And then before you know it, you're exhausted and you're tired and nobody is looking out for you because you didn't include yourself in the bigger picture. So and I don't mean to make this to be a male versus female thing. I'm just trying to get people to understand, like, if you can really hold yourself and understand yourself as a number one, then you're going to know when you're making decisions that are good for you. And then when you can then multiply that, you can you can now take that in understanding of yourself as a number one. I am 100% energy. And when I interact with you, you're 100% energy and we can create 300% energy together. That's the sacred geometry part of knowing what one plus one equals three, right? Yeah. If if I don't need you in order to complete myself, that means that you have a whole bunch of energy and I have a whole bunch of energy that we can combine together and create something that could never be created before. And that's the second evolution of a leader where you realize that we can achieve more together than we could independently, but we have to be able to have our own sense of responsibility for what we bring to the table. You know, I want to ask you this question about that, if we could, and and if you don't mind, I'd like to skip the break so we can make sure we get this in. Um, I love what you just said about accepting responsibility. I want to pause and talk about that. My sense is, and I'm like you, I coach women, my sense is we don't know how to take more responsibility for just what's ours. See, what I find, and especially even in the workplace, is we want to take responsibility for everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that is not empowering. It may be humbly, it may be, it may be a, a sign of humility, but that's not it either. And I know you work with women uh, and talk about these things, you know, how to show up in the world, be powerful, and still not take on the entire burden of the organization, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to tell you a story. This is a personal story of one of my yeah. clients. I think this would be really helpful now. Um, so I'm um, working with this person. We worked together for a while, and she was also part of my uh, the group of people that I did my my studies in sacred geometry with. And she, I was coaching her to bring this vision together for life. And she kept having the same challenge, which was becoming emotionally drained from clients. Like she just kept giving away all of her energy to them. So for her, she had a completely different problem than I, because I, I tend to be a little bit more like a boy when mm-hmm. I think, when I, I, I tended to be it was easier for me to get the first evolution of a leader than it was the second. And it was reversed for her. So when I, when she was working with me on her brand, I was able to help her see how this challenge she had was actually stemming from this challenge she had with her mother, <laughs> which she had to learn that her, every time her mother, um, okay, this is, this is the concept that I would give you. Yeah. You are a bubble. You're a bubble of energy. And somebody else who doesn't understand their own bubble of energy is they can, what they can do is come over with this little, this little pointy straw like thing and they can stick a hole in your bubble and they can suck it out. Right. Yeah. They can do that only if you let them. They can, right. only, okay. They can only do that if you let them. And that was the thing. It took me, it took us a while for her and I. We had this conversation, right? The only reason that they can do that is because you've decided that whatever they're talking about is because of you. 
is because of you and it's your fault and all this other stuff that you create. And so she would have these conversations with her mom and her mom would come in, stick her little straw in her bubble and deflate her. She'd be emotionally exhausted because she'd be having to tangle with her mom's issues. And she felt like it was her responsibility. And if she didn't, she didn't love her mom. Okay. So there's all these things happening. So she finally started to get an understanding of like, okay, what's really going on with my mom? What does my mom really want right now? And as soon as she just said, her mom called her one day and she was freaking out saying, um, being paranoid basically about someone talking about her, her mom, someone about her mom was paranoid because someone was talking about her mom and she was worried that something was going to get out about her that wasn't true and she was worried that her daughter was going to find out and so she's just listening right and she's not getting upset because normally she'd be getting upset she's just not getting upset and she just decides instead of trying to tell her mom that she's crazy she's instead decides to say mom no matter what I still love you she might have said that 10 times okay no matter what I still love you like no matter what I would find out I would still love you and then her mom told her that she was raped her mom was raped Mm -hmm. Um, 20 years ago, she had never told anybody. She got pregnant from the from the raping, and then had to lie to 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 my to my client slash friend's um, father, and yeah, said that wow. it, basically we need to get rid of the child because we can't afford it. But really, she had been raped, and she didn't want to have that child, and so that was what happened. And that that demolished their relationship. And her mother never trusted anybody until 20 years later, when her daughter was saying to her. It's no matter what, I love you, right? Because it's really, I think, to go from the first evolution of a leader to the second evolution of a leader is to understand it's not about you. Mm. You know, that that what happened to your mom's not about you. So as long as you keep letting her be angry and upset and pull energy from you, she's going to. But the moment that you say, no matter what, I still see you, mom. You're still okay. No matter what you say, you know, I, I'm going to let you be you and I'm going to be me. As soon as you have that understanding within yourself and you can hold space for that person to not get into your space that way, then a whole different reality happened. And from that moment, that relationship started getting better. The reason why that relationship started getting better is because my friend slash client, she started to understand her mom and where she was coming from for all these years and why she was so hard to deal with. And that understanding kept her from needing to get all involved in her mom's story, right? She kept pulling herself out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I think we do that when we, we, we let people pull energy from us or we let them exhaust us emotionally because we haven't given ourselves enough courage and enough power to say, that doesn't have anything to do with me, you know? That doesn't have anything to do with me. I, I'll be here for you if you need me. You know, but but I pay for my therapy. You need to pay for your therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, clearly, when we when we recognize that there is something that's taking away from us being extraordinary or radically distinct as leaders, you know, the minute we discover that, there's an action to take about it. But sometimes we can't see it ourselves. And I know the work that you do with people, it's hard to create a radically distinct brand, you know, if we're hiding secrets that are just waiting to come to the forefront uh, to be healed or simply to be disclosed. You know, secrets, I think, you know, carrying secrets are one of the most toxic things that an individual and an organization, you know, can carry with them. 
it affects every core of who we are, these ideas of secrets. Uh, some people call them untruths. Some people say it's not authentic. Um, but the question I want to ask you about this is how do we begin to cultivate this radically distinct leader? How do we do that? Uh, if not at first, just to recognize that we're not being that. Mm-hmm. Well, first, we've got to get over the fear of missing out, um, mm-hmm. which is the FOMO, <laughs> FOMO <laughs> that people talk about, F-O-M-O. And um, the fear of missing out, and, and it's hard because, like I told you, my it was harder for me to get the second evolution than it was for me to get the first one. And, um, and I think that the reason is, is I'm a creative person and I want everything and I, I don't want to sacrifice anything because I think I can have it all because I'm that kind of a person, you know, mm-hmm. and the fear of missing out, you, you really got to focus on what's the most important, what's your priorities, because your time is an unrenewable resource. You cannot get it back. And so when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to a whole bunch of other things that you may or may not realize. So I think we want to, in order to be radically distinct, you've got to have a focus and you have to learn to edit, self-edit. And that is not easy to do. It's not a natural thing because our animal body just wants to eat and sleep Mm. and reproduce. And then this conscious part that we have of ourselves that separates us from what we think separates us from other animals, that gives us the ability to you know, plan and think, what do I want with the future? And then create amazing things. That part, in order for it to be successful, it can't just start this project, start that project, start this project. It's got to follow through and continue to develop it. So the fear, you got to get over the fear of missing out and figure out what your priorities are. And then every decision that you make, which sounds exhausting, but big decisions you make or projects that you take on, does it support your main priorities? Uh, And then what are you in the way to find that? So that's a question. And another question is, is what am I saying no to when I say yes to this? And this is challenging, especially when you're like, you know, me and you are growing our own businesses and there's lots of opportunities and lots of directions to go. And it's really easy to find yourself so dispersed that you can't move anything forward. So you've got to learn how to say no and to focus on the right things because bringing an idea to, to fruition takes time and it's frustrating when you go off on paths that really don't take you anywhere. That's frustrating. Sometimes you have to learn those lessons. I know, (laughs) you know, I know, but you got to get yourself to the point where it's okay to have these things where you go on paths that don't go anywhere because that's where you gain wisdom. And the third evolution of a leader is really knowing the different, knowing when you need to have courage because you miss 100% of the opportunities that you don't go after, knowing that, and then knowing when to say yes to one thing and no to another. That's wisdom. And finding that balance between the two is really how you start to be radically distinct in the world, where you say, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And no, this is not what I'm going to do. And I'm going to take a bold move here. And okay, that's a great idea. And it would require, I'm not afraid of that. It's just not the direction for me. And the way that you have that sort of wisdom and understanding is, one, your intuitions, they're very important. However, your intuitions are also going to take you down paths where you have to learn lessons. (laughs) And those (laughs) those lessons 
are, you know, things you've learned from the past where they start to sharpen your instincts about stuff and they start to help you become more wise. Yeah, maybe that is a great direction and maybe there's millions of dollars down that path, but I won't be happy down that path. And so why do I want to go down that path? And so that way you start to have the ability to direct your brand and your vision towards the direction you want to go. But you've got to learn how to have both courage and wisdom and how to work those two together. Like you're, you know, riding in a boat so that you do actually get somewhere, even when it's windy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny because we're looking at, um, uh, you know, how much people are plugged into our pop culture in this country. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what we listen to, who we buy from, how we do it, what we do, uh, what gets us moving in one direction or the other. And uh, um, I was talking with someone over the weekend who says, you know, we used to be, uh, doesn't live in this country, says, you know, Americans used to be strong and independent. And and I and I was listening to him and and I I said, are you going to finish the sentence? And he he says, yeah, but now you are. And he almost finished the sentence and then he was interrupted by my friend. Um, And what he was trying to say was we used to be independent and have an independent voice. And his comment was, you know, from from his point of view, we're losing our voice. You know, Mm -hmm. we're losing our ability to to really stand for something. And I don't know that I see that so much in the leadership and the evolution from from women that we see right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've lost our voice. Um, it's evolving. What, thank you. I was just going to ask you. I, I right. mean, if you just look at what we talked about, the three of Yeah, America has got a great reputation for being independent and also an awful reputation for being independent. (laughs) We we are the ones that have used way too much fuel. You know, we've been a very hard on the on the world economy in lots of different ways. So our, you know, that understanding yourself as the number one, it has a negative side, which is arrogant and self-centered and selfish and all those other things. Like you, you can't, I think that what we're going through right now is we're understanding of our interdependence and we're trying to figure out who we want to be because our leaders aren't aligned with our people. That's for sure. Right. And so what's happening right now is you've got women standing up and speaking up for themselves, which we aren't culturally used to. And I think that the women are incredibly brave right now. And women are just like, I, I don't care. Like, I, this is what has to be said. <laughs> and that's why I think women are the protectors of a, of a society and a community. And men are, are the nurturers. And not a lot of people believe that, but yeah. I, you know, I do believe that men will nurture us as women leaders stepping up as long as we're not trying to, like, push them down. You know, and I think that we women are the protectors of a community and we're going to stand up for one another when people are getting in the way. All throughout history, the women leaders have made huge statements about that not being okay. Think of uh, Rosa Parks at the back of the bus and um, um, what's her name? Mother Jones standing up for the the minors. So I so I would say that we're just we're trying to find our voice in our understanding of our interdependence. And um, hopefully we're going to you know, start to have more and more people standing up and having, this is who America should, who we really could be without, without, without losing. Um, I think one of the reasons why Trump is in power is because mm-hmm. he, he's not trying to get rid of what 
our foundation is. Mm-hmm. And I think people like that. People want to know, you know, we're built on a working class and manufacturing. We want people, even if he's not really that, people, there's a lot of people in this country who, you know, that they feel like that voice is being lost as we become more highbrow and white collar and send our manufacturing jobs all over the world. So anyways, that, that's my thought. And I think it's evolving. And yeah, branding and why I'm talking about all of these stuff and branding is really about the intentional evolution of your identity, doing it on purpose, not just letting it happen, whether you're an individual or you're a group. And this what this does for you is it clarifies your vision, it increases the quality of your decision decisions, and it focuses your actions uh, so that they're intentional with the success you're trying to create. And to me, that is the makings of a leader. Yeah. A wow. distinct leader. Jen, what a great show. Thank you for opening up the door uh, so that we could have this conversation. And I know that we just barely touched the surface on this, but what a powerful conversation. Uh, Jen Morgan, everyone, really quickly, how can they find out more about you? How can they work with you? Well, you can head on over to my website. It's jenmorgan.com. That's Jen with two N's, morgan.com. There's a contact page. That's the fastest way to get a hold of me. Um, or you can send me an email at j at jenmorgan.com. Awesome. And much more to come. If you want to work with Jen uh, directly, you can also do that by checking out her website and giving her a call. Hey, thank you for tuning in to Radically Distinct Radio. I don't want you to miss an episode, so subscribe to Radically Distinct Radio on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And if you can, please rate and review the show on iTunes. Stay connected to me. Sign up for my newsletter on my website, jenmorgan.com. Follow at Radically Distinct on Instagram and Facebook. And tweet with me at, at jenmorganbrand. Until next time, I'm Jen Morgan, reminding you to be radically distinct. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.